after getting used to living in Canada and the U.S., last time we visited Israel, we were approaching the crosswalk. We were not even at the crosswalk, and we had a driver coming fast to the crosswalk. Welcome back to Drive With Us, a podcast where we bring on a new guest every episode to talk about the crazy things they experience on the road, who they are as drivers, and how they became the driver they are today. I'm Bavneet. And I'm Taranjeet. And today's driver is Renat, the co-host of That's the Ticket podcast. And she is originally from Israel, and she's lived three years in the U.S., before moving to Canada, where she's been for two years. And she shares with us the differences she has seen driving in Israel versus driving in North America. Welcome, Renat. Thanks so much for joining us today. Thank you, Taranjit and Bafnit, for inviting me. We like starting off with this question because we like to go straight into the crazy before we dive into what type of driver you are. So what would you say is one of your craziest driving stories? Oh, (laughs) so I have a story where I wasn't a driver, but I was riding on a 4x4 in Salar de Uni in Bolivia. We were maybe four friends. And we, we had a driver and a cook. And the driver was driving in the Salar. Salar de Uyuni is a salt desert. So it's a big surface of desert, which is just made of salt. And the driver was just, he, he navigated with no roads on, or anything. And one time we saw ducks on the road. And the driver was approaching them very, very slowly. And us at the back, we thought, hmm, he's so considerate. He doesn't want to frighten the ducks. But then when he got really close to them, he started to drive really fast. (laughs) And, And he caught one duck and he gave the cook the duck. And he said, she's going to make that for dinner. And it was, I'm not sure it's funny, maybe it's kind of weird, awkward, scary, kind of funny, <laughs> but it was definitely an experience that I remember well. Did he like stop the car with you in it to get the duck? Yeah, he stopped the car. He pulled the duck, caught him on his neck and just gave it to the cook. I think the cook was his wife. And it was kind of a multiple day, I don't remember, three or four days trip. And we had, we had meals during the, the trip and the wife just cooked food for us. And no one from my group ate dinner that night, at least not the duck. <laughs> <laughs> that's, a, that's hilarious. I mean, what a surprising turn of events. It's like, yeah, oh, yeah. he's so nice. Oh, no, he's going to eat it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, it was really surprising. How is it driving on a salt desert compared to, like, just driving on the road? We were wondering how did he navigate because it's really, it has a lot of, I mean, I mean it's very big desert. 
like think about that we drove there in the desert for a few days. So I'm not sure how big it is, but it's really big. So we were wondering how he navigated and how he could find all the things that we saw on the way because there were like lakes in different colors like Emerald Lake and Red Lake and there were quinoa bushes that he showed us and and there were there was a village and there were the places that we slept in we slept in a like a salt motel so we were wondering how did he manage to to find all these things because if if you look all around you you just see white surface so you don't really see any reference point to help you navigate and there were no roads on the on the desert yeah that's what i was wondering it's like everything's white how do you know where you're going i would probably yeah. end up like back at your starting point it's like oh how'd i get here <laughs> yeah 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 it's a good good question yeah we wouldn't be able to do it by ourselves that or i feel like i would get lost and then be stuck in the middle of nowhere and be like oh now <laughs> where do i go <laughs> yeah yeah so i know like a lot of other countries outside the u.s tend to have I feel like I've heard that they tend to have more crazier drivers. In Bolivia, did they, like, I guess, abide by driving traffic laws or did they kind of just speed and do whatever they wanted to do? So in the salt desert, most of the times we didn't see anyone around. Now, the other places I've been to in Bolivia are uh, either small towns or a big city, and I guess... As, as in mo- most places I've been to, the, the drivers in the big city are more careless, I think, more, more uh, beeping and things like that. You have mentioned that you have lived in three different countries. Which one would you say is the craziest in terms of drivers? Okay, so I lived in so I lived in Israel. That's where I'm originally from. Then uh, I lived for three years in the U.S. in Boulder, and now I live in Canada. Now I definitely say that people are more crazy in Israel, <laughs> but it's it's hard to say because in the U.S. I lived in a very specific part of the U.S., which is boulder which is not not a very big city and people have a great driving culture and also here where where i live right now in edmonton in alberta people really they have a good driving culture now in israel the city that i was born at it's a small small city close to tel aviv and people are pretty kind they they stop when you want to cross the street and things like that but in tel aviv they're not and i lived in the like before i moved to north america i lived in tel aviv for more than 10 years so then there the drivers wouldn't always stop when you want to cross the street and after getting used to living in canada and the us last time we visited israel we were like we were approaching the um, the crosswalk we were not even at the crosswalk and we had a driver coming fast 
to the crosswalk, passes us and beeps, at, beeps so that we'll not cross the roads. And after getting used to uh, living in North America, it was kind of, uh, <laughs> it was, we were like, hmm, not only that it, the driver doesn't stop, he also hung, beeps us to not cross, which is rude. Yeah, yeah. very backwards. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I guess we just got used to the culture here, me and my husband. But also, I'm not sure if what I'm experiencing here in Edmonton and before that in Boulder, in Colorado, in the U.S., I'm not sure that it's representing all the U.S. I mean, I'm sure there are places where, or all of Canada, I'm sure there are places where drivers are more beeping, more... So in Canada, where you are right now, are the drivers kind of similar to when you were in the U.S., more tame? Yeah, I guess it, it's kind of kind of similar. There is a good uh, driving culture. And people will let you, if you want to pass to a different lane, you'd usually have to use, use your um, signal and they'll just let you pass. And in Israel, it's not always like that. Uh, usually, uh, in Israel, if you if you if you use your sig- signals because you wanna pass, people will just drive faster so that you'll not be able to pass be- before them. <laughs> did you ever drive in Israel, or or did you just only drive here in the U.S. and Canada? No, I, I drove in all. I had driving licenses in all three places. And I was driving in all of them. And in Israel, so I have to say that also in Israel, there are different places and it's not very big country, but I'm talking mostly about Tel Aviv area and the center area when I say that people will not let you pass. And I'm not sure how it is in the north of the country or the south of the country there are less cars on the roads and people generally are more laid back than in Tel Aviv uh, because Tel Aviv, in Tel Aviv, everyone is in a hurry all the time. So I guess it affects the way they drive. Yeah, I can definitely agree. Here on the east coast of the U.S., everyone's always in more of a hurry. So everyone's a whole lot crazier over here. But out of all of the places that you have lived or where you are now, are there any stereotypes that are associated with the drivers that are in that area? When I talk with other Israelis, we agree that drivers here are more polite and they have good driving culture. So now that we've heard some of your driving stories, let's get into what type of driver you are. If you were given the option, would you rather be the driver or the passenger? So I can tell you about how it goes with me and my husband. Uh, Generally, I prefer that he'll drive during the first half of of the day and I'll drive during the second half of the day. (laughs) So it's just because I'm more of a night person and I'm more awake during the late hours of the day. And when I wake up in the morning, I'm more sleepy and it takes me hours until I get to full function. 
That's very interesting. I guess it works out for you that one person likes the day and one person likes the night. Yeah, my husband is the morning person. <laughs> Do you find that driving in the nighttime is easy or is it difficult? Because I know like when it gets darker out, a lot of people have problems with like headlights and stuff or like seeing. Yeah, so if I talked about travel, so most times it it happens that I get the more challenging part of the drive because of that. First of all, because when you drive, when there are animals around, they're more likely to jump to the, to the road at night. I mean, it also happens really early in the morning, I guess, but we don't go out that early. So we miss the animals that go out in the early morning and when we get back in the evening, I, I get to be the one that have animals jump into the road. Have you ever encountered an animal while driving? Yeah. So one time we were in our travels. We like to travel a lot. And we were in Colorado at the west side of Colorado, close to the mountains. And there was, we suddenly saw a bear on the road. Uh, and it was a road that just, it wasn't in a national park or, or anything, so we didn't expect that. And we saw the bear, we stopped the car. I don't even remember if it was me that was driving or my husband, but uh, we stopped the car and the bear was looking at us and it was so big. <laughs> and we were, it looks like he hesitated and we thought like maybe he's hesitating if he wants to attack us or I'm not sure. It was pretty frightening, but then a car drove fast next to us and also passed the bear. It was just in the other lane and the bear decided to just walk away. So it was pretty scary experience but nothing happened again it was just the bear was so big and tall and it it looked bigger than our car so we thought he could hold the car and throw it away if it wants oh my gosh that would have been so scary if he actually did come to your car yeah he was just staring at us for a long i don't know maybe 30 seconds or 20 seconds but it, it seemed like it was a really long time well, it's a good thing that other car came and like sped past yeah i don't know if it it might have saved us has that affected you while you're driving in the night like are you more looking out for animals now or are you still comfortable driving at night i'm still comfortable just I'm not sure what will happen if sometime uh, an animal will run to the road and it, it might happen that it will just go straight into the car because they never look <laughs> uh, left or right. They just run and I, I believe it could happen, but I guess every time you go on the road, you're at risk. So I'm not sure if I should be more scared. <laughs> to to drive i mean maybe we should be scared to just wake up in the morning and drive in the city <laughs> and during the day because also now that i live in canada when the snow season starts and there is a it's kind of around the zero degrees celsius i guess at 30 fahrenheit or something like that 
a lot of cars sleeps on the road because the snow is kind of in the middle between melting and freezing. Then it's very slippery. And then on these days when I drive, I see a lot of cars on the side of the road that had accidents. So it could happen that I, I was driving just somewhere in the city, I don't know, like 15 minutes drive, and I would see maybe three car accidents along the way. So it could also be scary, but I'm just, I'm not going to stop uh, using my car because there are places you have to go that are not <laughs> walking distance. And I'm not sure that I trust someone else to drive better than me. I mean, they might be able to drive better and I might be able to drive better, but I'll just use cars. <laughs> yeah, I feel like you trust yourself. Most of the time you trust yourself as a driver more than getting in a car with someone else, especially in like snow situations, because if you don't have control of the car, then it's like it can be scary. Yeah, I, I'm not sure that I trust myself more than other drivers. I guess I trust myself more than other drivers. I don't know. But I guess about experience driving in the snow, I'm sure that there are drivers that have much more experience driving in the snow. So if, for example, I meet someone that is a native Canadian that we have been here forever and was driving the snow forever, I guess I'd trust him more than myself. <laughs> but it doesn't happen a lot. Most of the times I ha it has to be either me or my husband or an Uber driver that I don't know. <laughs> yeah, well, I mean, you've been living up there for a bit now, so you must have more experience and being able to handle yeah. and i have to say that having winter tires is it make, makes a big difference and i feel much safer with uh, winter tires and i think that makes more of the difference than who's driving so how would you describe the type of driver that you are and would you say that your family and friends would describe your driving in the same way? I am careful, but I'm not too careful, I think. <laughs> I mean, I try to be polite to other drivers, but I'm not like it wouldn't it wouldn't take me too long to decide to to cross a street with the car or to take a turn or something like that. It's not that I'm too careful. But I'm not speeding, I'm not, at least I try to not speed. And I am um, obey the rules and everything. So not honking at people to not cross the road. <laughs> no, no, no. <laughs> yeah. So I know you were mentioning earlier that where you live in Canada right now is not as aggressive drivers. So do they honk there? And have you ever had a situation where you had to honk at someone? They honk more in downtown. That's what I experienced. But another thing now that I'm thinking about it, it's not that, but it's we live very close to White Ave, which is it's an avenue in... in um, in Edmonton, which is um, has a lot of pubs and restaurants and 
people go out there a lot and a lot of times there are cars there that have this uh they make a sound like they were in a, an action movie they'll be like <laughs> like they'll, they'll make very loud sounds from the muffler they deliberately make the car sound like it's driving and it re- it's really annoying <laughs> it's really it makes a lot of noise and actually the the city i think decided or or it was offered that they'll decide that they'll give tickets to people who do that but that's something that is really annoying and it only happens mostly in that part in of the city in this specific street i mean it happens a lot also in other places but mostly in that street and I, I really don't get it why people like it. That's interesting that they're considering giving tickets for that. Yeah, yeah, because it's, it's a problem for people that live around there. And for us, even just, just going out there, it's, it's, not, a, not really, um, <laughs> it's not really nice to, to just walk in the street and have this noise all the time. But but I agree. I don't understand the like I don't understand the interest in why you need your car to be so loud and obnoxious. Yeah, I think that it makes them feel like they're in some kind of an action movie or something and they're the heroes or something that driving the cool car and you know, a lot of these cars so a lot of times it's a big motorcycle or a convertible or really sports car things like that they think they're really cool (laughs) so going off of this now that we've kind of heard you mention that this is one of the things that annoys you about drivers what would you say is your biggest pet peeve when you are driving from other drivers like what's one thing that you really don't like about other drivers i mean besides that thing (laughs) um just when when people like wouldn't let you pass on purpose or things like that are you someone who overtakes other people often no i'm um so if someone drives really slowly i'll try to pass them maybe but i'll i'll take i'll not beep them i'll not be annoying to them and try to make them go faster or anything i'll just if it's two lanes where another car could come in front of me I'll try to just to wait until the car cars passes and just pass and sometimes uh, people will not let you move to the other lane so or things like that it mostly behavior that I encountered in Israel and where people could drive they don't keep a lot of distance between the cars. So uh, sometimes it's not easy to move to the right lane or things like that. And and I noticed that drivers here and in Boulder would just, if you just use your signal, they'll just let you pass to the other lane. But there it happens a lot that they wouldn't. So sometimes I would prefer 
not to use the signal. And sometimes I would prefer to use it just to have people drive past me so that I can get in behind them. But sometimes it's still really hard to get in between the cars. That's funny. You have to use your signal to make people go faster. <laughs> yeah, completely. <laughs> yeah, because they will. They will a lot of times. They'll just go faster and then I could <laughs> get in behind them. And it also works. But I prefer that they'll either do that or, I mean, and not just stop me from getting to the other lane <laughs> in any cost. Yeah, as you were describing that happening in Israel. That's kind of really similar to what happens here where we live in Maryland. Because if you, okay. yeah, if you, a lot of people don't use your signal, first of all. And then if you do use your signal, people will either speed up or not let you in the lane anyway. So it's like, do I use my signal? Do I not use my signal? <laughs> yeah, so there I would definitely, because if I use the signal or not, it wouldn't let me... Uh, it wouldn't make it any more easier, easy for me to pass the lane most of the times. But sometimes I'm like, if if there is kind of distance between the cars, I would just use it to make them speed up and it works. <laughs> so it's definitely a unique art learning how to drive in different places. But now that we know the type of driver you are, let's go back to you're driving first. So how how would you describe your first time driving experience and who was it with? So in Israel, it's, it's not like here. Here you could learn how to drive with someone you know, right? But in Israel, you have to take a teacher, a driving teacher. So uh, you would take certain amount of lessons with the teacher and only then you're allowed to take the driving test. So my first time was with a professional teacher. I think it's good. I mean, I think it's good that there are professional driving teachers <laughs> that teach you how to drive. So how was the driving test? Like, what did you have to do in the Israel driving test? And I guess you've taken it here in the U.S. and Canada too. So like, what are the differences between the tests? Well, in Israel, you have to just drive. Usually, it's where you took the driving lesson. So it was in the city I grew up in. And you'll have to do um, like parallel parking, uh, which is something I, I didn't have to do it in the U.S. And in Canada, I actually didn't need to take the driving test because I, I had the U.S. driving license and they accepted that uh, to give me my Canadian driving license. And in the U.S., actually in the U.S., it was a shorter test and it was really just driving to the next neighborhood and coming back to the <laughs> DMV. I think it wasn't that interesting experience uh, <laughs> I mean the only thing is that in the US the the, the um, tester was uh, chatting with me which was I guess different than it was for me in Israel you know it's mind-blowing every time I hear someone say that they did not have to do parallel parking for their test and it's like why not <laughs> 
Yeah, I'm, I'm not sure. I'm not sure I needed to do parallel parking. Maybe I needed it and I forgot it because, you know, I wasn't as stressed for the U.S. driving licenses because I did drove for many years before that. So um, maybe I did have to do parallel parking and I don't remember. But since I lived in Tel Aviv, I I did a lot of parallel parking in my life. So even if, if I needed to do it, I think it wasn't a big deal. While when I was 18 and took my first driving test in Israel, that was one of the things that people my age were worried about. Is there an age limit of when you can get the license in Israel? I know like in the U.S. you have to be 15 and so many months or almost 16 to start learning to drive. Is there an age limit in Israel? Yeah, sure. There is. I'm not sure what the age limit now. When I was taking the driving license test, you needed to be at least 17, I think, to start taking driving lessons and also for the driving test. I guess that makes sense since you have a whole new level of craziness that you have to be able to handle on the roads. Yeah, yeah. And, but but I, I took it in the city where I grew up, which is much less crazy than what I was describing in Tel Aviv. Bonus question time. Okay. If you could make one new driving law, what would it be? Okay, yeah, that's a hard question. New driving law. You know what? I, I think one of the laws that is a good thing in Israel, I mean, I, I, until now, I, I, I only said maybe bad things <laughs> about the country I grew up in. But one thing that is good is that you have traffic lights. And if you have a red light, you need to stop. And if you have a green light, you can pass. And it's always like that. It's, it's the rule. And in the U.S. and Canada, it's not like that because you can, if you have a red light, you can still take a right turn. And if you have a green light and you're turning left, it's possible that you'll have cars coming from in front of you. So you'd still maybe not be able to drive. And I think it makes it much more simple and it makes the rule much more clear when you just know that if it's red, you should just stop. And if it's green, you should you can just pass and you don't have to think about it too much. And, and I think it does save a lot of troubles also in the road because, for example, with, right ter- with uh, left turns, when I'm turning left on green and and there are cars coming in front of me, a lot of times I have to stop in the middle of the road to be able to pass when the lights, when when the the cars in the lane in front of me stop, and then I could pass. But then sometimes you you really waiting until your light gets red, and only then you could pass. But that's what everyone do, and I think it's doesn't make a lot of sense like I guess it would be better if you they'll just have their time with a green light which is just for turning left and all the cars that turn left would just be able to pass and sometimes you know sometimes it happens that 
you you wait a lot and and only one car can turn left because it, it's only enough time for a uh, for one car so if if, uh, if it's more regulated with the green lights it will just allow as many cars as the green light allows to to turn that's really interesting that you pointed that out because it would also especially here in the US make it easier when you go between states because some states are have laws where you can't turn right on red and some states are like yeah you can turn right on red it would definitely get rid of that yeah yeah it, it would it would definitely be useful and also it you know sometimes also with the turning right on red people that come from states where you can't turn right on red sometimes just stop at the red light and don't turn <laughs> and it happens to me a lot that i just stop and i forget that i am allowed to <laughs> detect the turn yeah and then other drivers get mad because you're not going <laughs> yeah i hear they'll they'll usually not either they'll wait and then hang so do you have any final thoughts or any tips that you would like to give drivers the tip is just be more kind on the roads and don't worry about time you'll get there you'll get where you want to be so don't be too much in a hurry just be more kind it will make you more relaxed and it will benefit you and also if you're sitting in a traffic jam it wouldn't matter if you'll get mad or not you'll still be sitting in a traffic jam so just be patient and wait until it's over and listen to the music or something in the radio in the meantime and just be relaxed yeah i think that's something a lot of people need to hear yeah where can listeners find you if they want to check out your show I'm at That's the Ticket. It's a travel podcast with Vanessa, which is my co-host. And you can find me on all the podcast apps. Just look for That's the Ticket. You could also find me at That's the Ticket Pod in Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. Well, thank you so much, Renat, for coming on. We had a blast hearing about all your experiences across multiple different countries yeah i was i really enjoyed the show and thank you for having me on your show could you imagine going to a different country and then your driver just stopping and be like wait 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 i'm gonna catch dinner dinner real quick but he didn't say that so at first they're like oh that's so sweet of you oh my god yeah, he was just like slowing down. They're like, oh, he's watching out for the duck. Oh, no, he's not. Yeah. And then they're like, this is dinner. Uh, I don't know if I want it. Thank you. <laughs> but then when she was also talking about driving in Israel versus North America, it's like Israel driving sounded a lot like India driving. Doesn't so, a lot of other countries out, you know, like sound yeah, like... Yeah, <laughs> pretty much. <laughs> We're always like, yep, that's how it is. That's was. what we can compare it to. So... I feel like they would also honk at pedestrians and be like, no, no, move out of my way. Oh, yeah, because it's like honking, flashing, and it's like, no, no, I go first. Like, get out of my way. You don't go first. I go first. So I feel like that's what it sounded like it was in Israel where the drivers are like, no, I go first. You wait. As opposed to here where it's like pedestrians have the right of way. Yeah. But also, so her one law that she would like is having... So this one I completely agree with is having turn signals 
a lot of intersections don't always have like left turn signals so that you're like, I totally get the whole sitting in the middle of the intersection and then waiting for the light. And it's like, but a lot of people don't. And then you waste a light. And it's like, just sit in the middle. Then when it turns red, you have to go. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) So I agree with that law. But her wanting to make just the traffic light laws simple as green means go and red means stop. Like none of this. You could turn on red if it's okay. Like, I like having that law. I like being able to turn on red, turn right on red. But I do understand where she's coming from because some states you're not allowed to. And other states you are. And we had this discussion in a previous episode where they should have like some place where you can just be like, oh, I'm going to so-and-so state. What is their top laws that I need to know? Like, can I turn on red? Why not just make it simpler if everyone just had signs, you know? Yeah, one sign, welcome to New Jersey. Don't go in the left lane. Yeah, or yeah, that would be so funny on the welcome. I was just thinking like all the traffic <laughs> intersections should have signs like no. Oh. But you're, no, but that would be perfect. As soon as you enter, you see the welcome. It's like, oh, welcome, but don't do this. <laughs> you have the pretty sign that they always have like, oh, welcome to our New Jersey welcomes you. And then right next to it in red, be like, do not go in the left lane unless you're passing yeah, that actually is a good idea. That should be the thing. But then, like, people like, who are don't driving... Turn on, it could be like, we don't turn on red here. <laughs> Just be like, we don't do that. That's not accepted, okay? We don't drive in the left lane unless passing. It's not like, don't do it. It's just like, we don't do that here. <laughs> yeah, no. Okay? <laughs> if people are driving, like, on the highway really fast, and it's like, oh, New Jersey, will people really be slowing down to read the sign? Unless they had it incremented, like, right when you enter... To be like, we don't do that here. Stay in the right lane. Like, I'm watching you. <laughs> like, every mi- like mile you have another, like, rule or law for that state. <laughs> oh, yeah. Like, all the laws gradually. They're introducing all the laws to you as you're driving into yeah. the state further and further. Yeah, because, be like, a little bit. <laughs> That'd be hilarious. Hey, it could work, right? Because then I'd be like, oh, I didn't know that. Get in the right lane. Get in the right lane. Oh, I can't turn on red. Okay, thank you. They should have signs that like increment, like maybe not every mile, but like, you know, like incremented as you right when you enter so that you can be reading these laws and be like, oh, okay, good to know. Good to know. I can't do this here. I can't do this here. Yeah, exactly. That That's such a good idea. I wish they would do that. I, Thank you. I would love that. I would like the credit. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> I would love that. Like the welcome sign is a perfect place to put it near. Because you're always like, oh, now I'm in New Jersey. And then I don't know why we picked New Jersey. Now we're because <laughs> of the one law I could think of. <laughs> And then you can be like, oh, don't do that. Yeah. But yes, I would like to be credited. Thank you very much. (laughs) On that note, somebody please implement those signs and... Give you credit. You have to... I wasn't going to say that. Imagine if it says your name on every sign. I was about to say that, but I'm like, maybe not. It's a new law. Bob needs to... (laughs) No, no. Be like, welcome to New Jersey. Stay in the right lane. These signs are uh, the idea of... (laughs) the host of drive with us podcast <laughs> yeah go check it out well we hope you enjoyed listening to renat's stories and experiences of driving in israel and bolivia and north america all the places and if you or anyone you know has any crazy or interesting driving stories and would like to come on as a guest fill out the interest form on our website at drivewithuspodcast.com And stay tuned until the end for a sneak peek of next week's episode where we're joined by Jules and Christine who share with us driving in Australia versus the U.S., how they rode with farm animals in Colombia, and their crazy adventures in their converted van. Thanks for driving with us. Love this episode of Drive With Us? 
leave us a review on iTunes or Podchaser and connect with us on Instagram and Twitter at Drive With Us Podcast. And now a sneak peek. For road rage in Australia, I guess it's not really that big of a deal because people sort of like will honk and they'll yell and it's not really a big deal, but you don't really have to think about people having guns, like doing anything like crazy like that. And we were driving at night, visiting friends down in LA and this person was like driving a little bit stupid and they cut in front of us. And I was like, oh, screw this guy. And I like honked him and and then he just like slammed on the brakes and like kind of like reversed a bit. And then we stopped and they stopped the car and the guy got out of his car and started walking towards us. 